Good afternoon. My name is Greg Phipps. I'm the general manager of RMLB, Reading Municipal Light Department. And today's topic is data-driven insights, the role of analytics at RMLB. Uh, our guest is Kevin Da Silva. I'll let him introduce himself in just a second. And of course, Julie is joining us as well. Um, I'll give a little bit of background. Um, there is a massive amount of data that RMLD collects, primarily meter data. I'll let Kevin jump into that in more details. But uh, one of the big changes we're making at RMLD right now is a focus on data analytics, actually using that data for more than just billing. We're going to talk a little about some of the data-driven insights that enhance the operations, that improve the energy efficiency, and that also help ensure the reliable power supply. Remember that our charter to you, our customers, is to deliver reliable, low-cost, non-carbon energy. Keyword being reliable, low-cost, non-carbon. So we'll talk, we're going to jump into this in just a second, but before we do that, Julie, I'll let you introduce yourself first, and then I'll let uh, Kevin introduce himself, and we'll kind of jump into a couple questions for Kevin and you. Thank you, Greg. So I am Julie Blackley, and I am the communications manager at RMLD. And I'm also the executive producer of the, this Current Insights podcast. So I just want to give a plug that every episode we close with a customer question. And you can be a part of the show by emailing your question to podcast at rmld.com. And you can also send us suggestions, topics you want to cover. Um, we're here to serve the customer. So We'd love any feedback you can provide. Super. Thank you, Julie. You're welcome. So, Kevin, I'm going to first question. Uh, you know, we've established you as our RMLD's resident data guru. Yeah. So why don't you, as a point of introduction, a little bit about your background and uh, <laughs> what made you interested in being part of the RMLD team? So I did my undergraduate in automotive engineering in India. Then I did a Master's of Science in Aerospace Engineering, Aerospace Propulsion in the UK. And I recently uh, graduated from UMass Dartmouth with an MBA in Business Analytics. And um, RMLD seemed like the perfect job to combine all my skills, experience, and knowledge from all my academics. So I jumped at the opportunity. Super. Well, we're glad you're part of the team, Thank Kevin. You. Um, so we talked a little bit about a lot of data, a lot right. of data at RMLD, and you and the rest of the team are going to help us turn it into uh, insights and mm -hmm. usable information. So if you have a chance here, just give us a little bit of an overview of the different types of data that uh, we collect at RMLD. And then after that, we'll start talking about what we do with that data. But first, what kind of data do we have? So our main source of data is our customer meters, which we mainly use for billing. We also have um, our overall load usage at, um, at our substations that give us our overall load data every hour. Uh, we also collect weather data, you know, temperature, humidity, uh, precipitation, cloud cover, which are all um, very important in analytics and forecasting. Um, we also do have contracts with generating assets, so we know what, what share of their output is um, coming to us in terms of kilowatt hours. Um, all in all, over the course of a year, we have about a billion data points. So it's it's big data. It's big data. Very yeah, big it's data. big data. Hey, on that note, you, you mentioned generation. Um, 
you know, one of the things that uh, we've talked about uh, uh, in the in the past is the different uh, way power supply works, and specifically, uh, let's take like hydro for example, or take solar for example, and you think about generation. So, you know, why is it important, or how would we use? What do we look for when we look for generation asset data? Like, how does it? What 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 am it? look like and what are the metrics? So uh, the most important metric is obviously um, kilowatt hours, how much we, how much of the sub power supply we're getting out of it. And we also look into forecasting how much we might get because none, all, all the renewable sources, they're all um, intermittent. So for solar, um, yeah, you, you can know what time to what time of day the sun's shining but you all, you don't know how much cloud cover you're going to get and forecasts are not always accurate. So um, being able to reliably forecast it or at least get an average aggregate you know, per day, per month, reliably is very useful for our uh, power supply portfolio. And things like hydro depends on rainfall and a bit on temperature as well because, you know, glacier mm-hmm. is melting itself. Yeah. More hydro there. So it sounds like on the generation side, two data points are, you know, what historically or what production was. Yeah. And then you mentioned forecasting. And forecasting yeah. would be, hey, what is tomorrow going to be from a cloud comer perspective or a sunny day perspective yeah. or a windy day in the case of wind. So it sounds like data is going to be important for not only what we actually um, purchased from these generators, but also what we anticipate from these Going generators. Yeah. Whether there are generation systems or they're owned by somebody else that we contract with. So that's fascinating. Um, so tell us, it, it, the data that we collect from our meters, the data we collect from our load, um, why is that important? How might, might we use that besides the regular billing stuff? So the most important thing we're doing is um, forecasting load because we, well, there are two reasons for it. The immediate reason is we, we want to know um, how much load we can expect in the near future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one is the long-term forecast because um, with with everyone switching to EVs and heat pumps being installed, the the way that the grid was trending is about to change, and we, we it's not just a linear regression anymore. You know, you can't you can't use the old forecasting methods. You need to adopt um, adoption curves. You need to um, see your area how much. How many people? What's the rate of adoption? How you expect it to increase, especially with um, the rebates that we give because mm. they're they're much stronger than rebates in other areas. So, you know, you can't look at the studies to see what what the adoption curves are in other places because you know our, our rebates are very strong. So interesting, Kevin. Um, when we think about long term forecast. Um, you know, that's going to help us do our power supply contracts, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be very important. Um, it also is going to impact the long-term forecast, um, you know, what sort of capital investments we make. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll, it'll affect, uh, you know, what sort of distribution lines, what sort of storage systems we put in place. Um, so we're focused, it sounds like we're focused heavily in terms of the data forecasting. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned that the traditional way of just using linear regression doesn't work anymore. We're actually trying to predict the future 10 or 20 years down the road um, with tools that we're literally creating uh, on, a, on a regular basis. Um, talk a little bit about um, how we might use that data. And then, Julie, after that, I'm going to ask you about uh, how the customer might look for that. But, you know, how do data analytics help us as RMLD uh, 
maintain our high reliability standards. What are some of the things we do with that data? Uh, reliability, um, the number one cause of outages um, is, is trees. So we, we actually look at our outages on a map and we look for hotspots and we, uh, we just trim trees at those hotspots preemptively, we, we monitor them. Um, the other thing we do is uh, we actually track the load on our transformers mm -hmm. and our, our transformers don't have a meter on their own. So it takes a little data to see what meters are connected to each transformer and then we you know, sum that up to see exactly how much loads on each transformer. So we know beforehand when to upgrade rather than you know the transformer blowing and then we go and replace it. And um, yeah, the other thing is the long-term forecast that we've already talked about. Um, it's, it's very, very important to have an accurate prediction of the future load, mainly because um, these are big investments and we gotta make them like 10 years into the future. So we need to know right now what the, what's the right amount to invest. We invest too much, our customers pay for it. We invest too little, um, we well, we're deliver. in trouble. Yeah, we can't deliver, exactly <laughs> right. Our reliability goes down. As you let me come to a customer here in just mm -hmm. a second, um, but uh, you, know, you mentioned uh, transformers. So it sounds like um, we're using data to uh, look at the data, that the load that the transformer is undergoing. Mm -hmm. And like anything, the higher the load, the faster a transformer will, will wear out. Yeah. Um, and wearing out basically is tied to a whole bunch of factors in the interior. There's not a lot of moving parts on the transformer, but they do um, age and load drives aging. So it sounds like we're using um, uh, the meter information that's tied to specific, which sounds like it's tied to our GIS system. Yes. Um, so it sounds like it's not just data, not just pure numbers, but it's no. geographic data. And you mentioned yeah. vegetation management, you yep. mentioned uh, transformer management. So there's a, there's a GIS platform that also has a lot of data mm -hmm. uh, as well. And then the other thing that you kind of mentioned is, you know, customers, right? Customers, um, they want things to be easy. They want things to work. Yes. Um, but in this increasing uh, world of, of uh, electrification, um, you know, that's going to put, you know, we want to put the controls in the hands of the customer. So, Julie, I don't know if you want to just talk a little about some of the things that we're doing, mm -hmm. you know, from a customer communication, customer access. Right. You know, how might this data be helpful to a customer? Great. So we are in the beginning stages right now of updating our website, rmld.com. And one thing we are looking at is how we can integrate some of this data into our website so customers can see it and have, you know, a real-time assessment of what's going on. So some examples of that that we're looking into, um, Kevin mentioned tree trimming. So we want to, on our website, have a more detailed tree trimming schedule that so we are looking know, at. Hey, exactly. That we're looking at, you know, automating that um, with the data that we have. And also um, something that we want to do down the road. Um, we want to arm our customers with, with as much data as possible so they can control their load. And in terms of peak times, we want to be able to, you know, we have a Shred the Peak program, which we reach out to customers when a predicted peak is happening, and we give a notification that customers should do what they can to 
reduce load so we don't have to purchase as much power mm-hmm. in the on the wholesale market but eventually like we have this data we want to be able to provide snapshots so a customer can just either look at either an app or our website and see for themselves you know what um, the what the customer load is and back to what I said we are in the process of developing an app and that will be a tool where customers can see their usage and it might be surprising you might think oh well what can I do to reduce my load my load is very high at around this time and hopefully it can shift customer behavior so little things like like maybe not, EV charging, right? Yeah, EV about, charging. You know, when, if, for those that are, you mm-hmm. know, EVs are coming and, you know, how might I make that mobile app? How might I think about when to charge my vehicle? Right. What, what would be a good time to charge my vehicle? Right. So overnight is the best time to charge your vehicle, just like, you know, charging your phone. Many of you charge it overnight because you don't need it. And it's especially important with electric vehicles given, um, you know, the electricity that they require for charging. So it's just a natural thing that customers should, you know, charge their vehicles overnight when, you know, the load profile is lower and when a customer doesn't need their vehicle unless they are going out in the middle of the night. And it's cheaper for them as well. Exactly. That's right. And it's cheaper. That's very good. Exactly. So so customer, you know, this data that Kevin, we're going to, you know, have a couple more questions on data, Kevin. But, uh, Julie, it sounds like this data is intended for us to help us you know, Excellent. manage and run the utility right. more efficiently, more reliably, yeah. uh, more cost-effectively. Yeah. Um, make sure we hit our non-carbon compliance. But it sounds like what you're saying is, you know, make it easier for the customer. Exactly. So, I mean, if you want to make a decision, having data to back it up is very important. So we're going to do our best to empower customers to make the best decisions on their usage and also let them know what their usage is. So right. there's a lot to come on that. And maybe there might be times when they're looking at, hey, did a uh, air source heat pump installation, you know, and I could do my application for the incentive on the web app, on the, uh, you know, or the mobile app. Um, so there'll be a lot of opportunities for them to do work on the on the communica- on the communications. Hey, I even see our newsletter, not just an email, but um, and outages too, right? Outage map, et cetera. Exactly. We like yes. to minimize outages, right? We have a very good track record, but you know what's you know what's happening from an outage perspective as well. So that's excellent. Um, uh, Kevin, I know you've been doing some work in terms of forecasting load. Um, you know, maybe talk a little about some of the interesting things that uh, we're learning relative to how um, the analysis of air source heat pumps. You know, we have roughly about 1,000 of them installed so far in our territory, approximately mm-hmm. somewhere between 1,000 and maybe 1,200. But um, what's kind of interesting things that we learned about air source heat pumps and how might it affect load? I like the, like the, uh, uh, the seasonal profile. So right now, um, most of our customers, I think they're either heating their apartments or buildings with gas or or oil. Mm -hmm. And once once they switch over to heat pumps, you see a load increase during the winter because um, traditionally that wasn't, you know, energy usage and now it's energy usage. So we see that the winter usage increases for customers with heat pumps, but Surprisingly, the usage in the summer decreases as well. And the main reason for that is that um, when customers get a new heat pump, they, they want to, well, they're, they're replacing an old system, an old AC. 
And the new heat pump is uh, much more efficient, even in cooling as well as heating. So we see their summer usage decreases, which, which is good for them because um, summer rates are the highest and they get a little bit more during the winter. But it's still cheaper than gas and uh, oil. Excellent. Um, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, meter data as being one of the sources of, of data. And, you know, we can call meters uh, instrumentation, but when we talk about meters in the utility sense, it's typically the meters that are, are bolted to the side of the house or side of a building. Um, you know, we, meters have been around for decades and decades and decades, including smart meters. Um, we, have a, we have a platform of smart meters, but we are in the process of, uh, of growing the next generation of, uh, of smart meters. Tell us a little about what that data, you know, what that data might do. How might we use that data um, to help the customer? So right now we have, um, we have a time of use rate for mm -hmm. customers, and that time of use rate, it has, okay, this much is what you pay between 12 to 7, and then the rest of the time it's another amount. But if we had smart, smart meters everywhere, we could, we could actually get more granular time of use rates. So, you know, different hours you pay different rates. And um, that's actually really interesting because say, say you're on one of these rates and you want to save a bit of money. So what if, you know, you put your uh, thermostat at 68 the hour before the peak, and then you just like switch off your AC for an hour, you save you know the highest usage money, and then you switch it back on. It's it's like nothing ever happened, but I think you can save a lot of money that way. Um, also, you could um, connect your vehicle to the grid, electric vehicle. So there's bi-directional charging coming mm -hmm. out for EV vehicles right now. EVs right now. Yep. And um, what you could do is you could charge your vehicle overnight. And if you're not, like, driving anywhere during peak times, you could sell that electricity back to us. And it's like, um, you know, another source of income. Like a bill credit. Yeah, it's, it's a bill credit. Your bill. Yeah, to reduce your bill. So it, it unlocks a lot of features, a lot of uh, functionality. And it also, you know, if we, when we build out an app, not if, Yep. It's, it's going to be it, very it's interesting. When it's, and it's, I think you're right. It's going to be uh, evolving in terms of how we make that app work. But it yeah. needs data, right? It, it needs data. And, and, and these smart meters and this uh, you know, advanced meter infrastructure yeah. platform, AMI as we call it, um, and we've got, a, we've got a small number of meters, a small portion of our meters that are under the uh, smart meter category, but we're going to broaden that out based on all the stuff we've learned so far with the data. But you're right. It's going to uh, give the customer more control but also give them more opportunity to, yeah. uh, to use their assets more efficiently and be part of the overall network. Because, you know, for you customers out there, we are a, um, uh, a community, uh, we call it public power, but we are basically here to serve you as, as customers. Uh, we are a not-for-profit, so what small net income we make goes back into the business. Mm -hmm. um, we, we're here to serve you, and we're trying to be as innovative as we can. So, you know, Kevin's talked about a variety of, of things that we've done and are continuing to do on the data analytics side. Kevin, thanks so very, very much. Thank you. Um, we're going to transition over to um, our question of the episode. All right. And uh, I'll pass it over to you, Julie. So question of the episode. Yes. Again, I am going, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to give another plug for customer questions. So if you have a question that you'd like featured on Current Insights, give a shout us. Give us a shout out at podcast at rmld.com with your customer question. 
And if you're lucky, we will choose your question and give you a shout out. On that note, today's question is from Raymond in Reading. And electric vehicles was a topic that we discussed heavily. And we have an apt electric vehicle question today. So Raymond's question, it is a three-parter. So as background, within or among the RMLD territory, we have a number of public charging stations. So Raymond wants to know, how much did these EV chargers cost to install? How much do they cost to use? And what is the revenue of these stations? Raymond, great question. I'll answer the uh, question of the episode. So uh, right now, RMLD currently owns and operates 22 dual port level two chargers, um, uh, several that uh, companies that exist, uh, industrial sites that existed uh, in our network. And then we also have those that are publicly available in Wilmington currently and also in Reading. And then we also have um, public chargers that have a fee tied to them. Um, we have a three dual port systems um, in front of our RMLD headquarters on 230 Ash Street. Now we are also, uh, we are in the process of installing the hardware is in place and we're doing the commissioning over the next, uh, we're, it is uh, uh, being configured right now, a DC fast charger at the Reading Public Library. Um, we anticipate adding uh, more chargers over the next several years. Um, public chargers are gonna be important to the network but again, we anticipate the majority of charging of EVs, um, Raymond, are going to be done at home overnight. So probably 80 plus percent. But of that other 20 or so percent, um, ultimately we anticipate a public network of just under 100 total num total chargers, um, about 20 percent DC fast, and the rest being level two. Level two chargers um, take a typical vehicle on a level two charger will take. Oh, six to 10 hours to charge a DC fast charger anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half to do a, a zero to full charge. DC fast chargers are more expensive. They're in excess of $100,000 a copy. Um, the level two chargers are in the range of 10 to $15,000 depending upon the installation um, configuration that those are fully, uh, uh, fully installed uh, prices. Um, so far, we've done. Uh, we've been very aggressive in terms of securing grants from the state of Massachusetts, primarily to do these chargers, um, which has been very helpful. So our net cost is very low. Um, right now, the cost to use uh, these chargers is twenty cents a kilowatt hour. So there's a slight premium. Our average residential rate is roughly somewhere between sixteen and seventeen cents per kilowatt hour. So twenty cents a kilowatt hour um, is the the current cost. Um, the utilization continues to increase um, in 2022, and you'll see in our annual report that it was a, just under $19,000 was collected um, for EV chargers. Um, that was at a fairly low utilization rate. Um, we noticed just in front of our building um, that the EV chargers, um, all six stations, um, two ports for each of the three stations, are uh, typically all utilized in any given afternoon, weekday afternoon. Um, so that utilization is increasing significantly, which means the revenue is increasing significantly as well. We're still learning the economics. We're still learning how to do the proper pricing. Um, but hopefully, Raymond, that gives you a little idea of the cost um, and the utilization. 
um, and the uh, the overall uh, revenue tied to our EV charges at RMLD. And Greg, it's worth noting that a lot of the public chargers were installed in the second half of 2022. So that 18,000 number, we are expecting that to be significantly yes. higher. Well, that's a good reminder, Julie. Thank you. Well, that's today's episode relative to data analytics. Thank you, Kevin, for being our uh, our data guru, uh, and thank you for being part of the RMLD team. Uh, you Julie, me. thank you again for being the executive producer and and uh, guiding us through this process. Uh, and more importantly, thank you, listeners, for uh, for hearing our podcast. And as Julie mentioned, as you have questions, send them to podcast at rmld.com. And uh, we look forward to talking with you at the next episode. Again, my name is Greg Phipps. I'm your host. Thank you for being part of us.